This is a Squeeze podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday, the 31st of January. In your Squiz today, retail spending hits the brakes. Imran Khan gets another 10 years. Elon Musk is on the brain and Rishi Sunak's peckish weekly routine. This is your Squiz Today. We love some good economic data here at the Squiz, Claire, and these ones are a real brain teaser. According to the Bureau of Statistics, retail spending actually fell in Australia between November and December at the end of last year. Now, the context is that retail spending actually rose into November by 1.9% due to the Black Friday sales, but then it fell again by 2.7% into December. Yeah, so that drop of 2.7% is really significant. Mm. We've only seen bigger drops during COVID uh, and when the GST was first introduced. So statisticians and economists are very interested by all of this. According to the Bureau of Statistics, what they reckon is that household goods really took a big fall, uh, about 8.5% between those two months. That category has everything from furniture to garden supplies to electronics. Um, But what they're really pointing to is those Black Friday sales, Alex, as you said. Mm. Uh, And then as we get into December, which is traditionally a big time for spending, that hasn't happened last year. So lots of questions about really what it means. Uh, We also saw, though, when you look at consumer confidence, a bit of an insight into what might be happening when it comes to those household goods that we just mentioned. Vacuum retailer Godfrey's has gone into voluntary administration. Yeah, so that Godfrey's news really drove home the point about falling retail spending yesterday. And the new administrator of Godfrey's, a man named Craig Crosby from PricewaterhouseCoopers, said that lower customer demand amid cost of living pressures, higher operating costs and increased competition have all taken a toll on profitability. So it makes you wonder what the economic outlook is like for the rest of this year. Yeah, lots of scratching of heads going (laughs) on. And look, we don't dabble in predictions here. We're not qualified to do that. Uh, But the data really does show that heaps of Aussies are feeling very gloomy about the economy. There's a new survey from ANZ and Roy Morgan that shows that the economic pessimists still outweigh the optimists. And that's been the norm since 2022. At the same time, the stock exchange has been on a bit of a tear for the last few weeks. It's very close to reaching all-time highs. All very confusing. But Claire, there are two things coming up to look out for in the immediate future. We have new inflation numbers from the Bureau of Stats coming out this morning. And those numbers will inform the second thing, which is the Reserve Bank Board's first interest rate meeting of the year. That is next Tuesday. It's always nice to have something fun to look forward to, isn't it? First Tuesday of the month. Can't go past it. (laughs) 
The former Prime Minister and former cricket hero of Pakistan, Imran Khan, is looking at another decade in prison. That is on top of the three years he's already serving, and the new sentence is due to a conviction for revealing official secrets while he was in office. Yeah, so Khan is actually facing 150 legal cases Mm. that have been brought against him over his time in office. He was ousted as the Prime Minister of Pakistan in 2022. That was by his opponents, although Khan says the United States has something to do with that. And that really points to this case. Uh, He has been found guilty of leaking secret diplomatic correspondence that was sent by Pakistan's ambassador to Washington. In that cable, it claimed that United States officials had threatened to topple Khan's government and to oust him. That's a claim that America denies. But Khan has now received a further sentence Uh, over the whole issue. What a story. And yes, I mentioned at the top that Khan is already in jail. He was jailed in August last year in a different case for corruption. And Claire, the timing is very interesting. The country's general election is on Thursday next week and Khan's PTI party has been banned from running in that election. Sydney siders have been told to stay out of the harbour as kayaker Lauren O'Neill recovers from a shark attack that happened in the eastern suburbs on Monday evening. Alex, this happened just down the road from me, so Mm. there was quite a bit of activity on Monday evening. Um, O'Neill was swimming in the harbour at Elizabeth Bay. That was just before 8pm and she was bitten on the leg by what experts think was a bull shark. There were passers-by. It's quite a popular part. People go for a bit of a walk after work. Um, They came to her aid and that included a vet who was able to stop the bleeding until emergency services arrived. Um, That vet has been called a hero, as you can imagine. Um, Shark attacks in Sydney Harbour are very rare. The last one that happened was in 2009. That was when a Navy diver lost his arm and leg to a three-metre bull shark. That was during a counter-terrorism exercise. Um, Funnily enough, he now works as a conservationist for bull That is a lovely story. On this week's attack, officials have said that while warmer and cleaner waters have encouraged more sharks into the harbour recently, the chances of another shark attack are, quote, incredibly low. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. What is a news bulletin without a mention of Elon Musk? This time, Claire, Elon is in the news to claim that his startup Neuralink has implanted the first chip into a human brain with what he has said were promising results. Yeah, look, I reckon that's the first mention this year. So (laughs) we got to almost to February anyway. And look, the cutting edge surgery is part of a study. It's looking at whether that sort of implant can safely power what they call a wireless brain computer interface. What it would do is actually 
actually help people who are paralysed to control devices with their minds. So you can imagine that there's quite a bit of excitement about that kind of technology. Like Musk's other companies, Neuralink isn't without controversy. Uh, Last year, US authorities found that it had improperly stored hazardous waste. There were also claims that the company had rushed some animal trials and that caused some unnecessary deaths. None of that has stopped Musk from talking up his company, though. He said, imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or auctioneer. And the company plans to perform 11 more human surgeries this year. This is more of a fascination than anything else, Claire, but the world is learning about a new routine held by the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. The UK press is reporting that he fasts for around 36 hours every week. It's between 5pm on Sunday and 5am on Tuesday that he only has water, tea or black coffee. That's according to people who are close to him. Um, That makes me really hangry, that idea. (laughs) Certainly very hungry at the very least. Um, What the reports say is that that sort of practice is an important part of his Hindu religion. But nutritionists say that he might be onto something. Uh, One professor from the University of Surrey said that a 36-hour fast would actually help the body to shift between using carbohydrates for fuel and using fat as fuel. So it might be efficient, but it certainly sounds very difficult. I certainly could not do it. I, for one, would be too peckish to run the UK. Yeah, very peckish and very distracted I would be. (laughs) Squiz the day, Claire. What is on the calendar for today? Well, of course, cost of living is a bit of a conversation at the moment. Our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, is touring the country talking about tax cuts and those sorts of things. Uh, Today, Allegra Spender, who is the independent member for Wentworth, uh, she is going to address the National Press Club alongside Dr Richard Dennis from the Australia Institute about tax. So if that's your thing, that's something to tune into at the middle of the day. And we did mention it before, but monthly and quarterly inflation figures are out this morning at 11.30am Australian Eastern Time. And that is it for us today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.